Hey, well, good morning and welcome to Kingsway. Uh, my name is Kevin. And I am so excited that each one of you are here this morning um, as we get to uh, share this time together and worship together. I um, want to especially welcome you if you are new, if you are a guest, whether this is your first Sunday or you've uh, been here multiple times but still kind of checking things out. Um, would love to get you better connected with what is going on here at Kingsway. And the best way to do that is if you actually get out your phone, go to kingswaymo.info, and uh, one of the first things you should see is something about getting connected or new here, fill out this card. Uh, fill out the online connect card and you can go out to the booth right after service and they actually have a free gift for you. Um, um, which includes a free meal um, uh, that we're going to have later on today. And so I uh, encourage you to do that. There's also paper copies at the Connections booth if you are, uh, would rather do that. Um, uh, excited to let you know that uh, Holiday Central is coming up this week, um, Thursday and Saturday. And uh, you guys responded it's so awesome that there are actually no more volunteers that are needed. So everything is full. So make sure if you signed up, be there at that time that you're supposed to be there. I know uh, they're organizing the close on Thursday, and the actual event is Saturday. Um, but thank you so much for your response. Uh, we actually have one more uh, cool opportunity just to give back and to be generous um, during this holiday season. And uh, Luke's going to let us know some more about that. Um, yeah, so this past semester, I had the opportunity to volunteer at Rafa House, which is a nonprofit organization based out of Joplin that fights against uh, modern-day slavery and sex trafficking. And how they're doing that is they create safe houses for um, these girls that have just had terrible stuff happen to them, and they just uh, teach them the gospel and the love of Christ. And then on top of that, they um, provide vocational skills for them to learn so that they can then reintegrate back into society. And so I actually have a lot of their uh, merchandise out in the lobby uh, for the whole month of December until uh, we run out. But um, it's just an awesome way that um, we can um, just provide for these girls and that they can then go back into society and then live functional lives in, um, through this awesome organization that Roth House provides. So that's going to be out there in the lobby for the month of December. Uh, it's a bunch of really cute, cool stuff, um, perfect for Christmas. So I hope I see you guys out there. Yeah, so make sure you check that out after service. If you have any more questions, uh, you can talk to uh, Luke out in the lobby. Um, for everything else going on here uh, at Kingsway, make sure you go to kingsamo.info. That's the place. It's uh, everything to get you connected and get you in the know of what's, uh, what's coming up. Well, let's go ahead and stand this morning. And as we do, I just want to read the scripture as we, uh, as we sing together, as we engage with what God has been doing this past week, and we bring that together um, here this morning. It says this in Psalm 100. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. Let's just sing this out together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, all of ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Amen. Sing that one more time. 
time. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, all above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy. Let your hope resound. Let your love in our hearts be found. Let your name bring free. Let your name bring peace. Heaven come in the here and now.
Above is the God who bids you bless us with an unrelenting love. We rejoice and lift your hands and raise your voice. He is worthy of our praise. We rejoice. Sing the mercies of your King and resplendent. We rejoice. Carried up the hill, he has walked this path before us. He is walking with us still, turning tragedy to triumph, turning agony to praise. There is blessing in the battle, so take heart, stand amazed, rejoice. When you cry to him, he hears your voice. Oh, I'm 
rejoice in you and your faithfulness. Lord, as in every circumstance, we look back on your past goodness, past faithfulness, and it's proof of who you still are. As we continue on, would you just read this with me? Um, Let's just engage with this together. Let's read it out loud. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take.
sing no other name Jesus Jesus my heart will sing no other name Jesus Jesus
sometimes it's, it's fully living in the victory. Many times just trying our best to accept your victory into our own failures. But Lord, as we sing your name out, the name of Jesus, which is above every name, and at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess. circumstances that are all over the place. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. go into our time of communion, we just continue on our worship this morning. And this is such a beautiful time at the very centerpiece of our service because it is the very foundation of this church, the very foundation of, our, of, our, of the full life we're called to experience and pursue. beautiful picture that we're all unified in the cross. No matter what is going on, no matter where we are, we are unified in the cross. And as we have sung together this morning about the faithfulness of God and choosing to trust in Him, it is the cross, it is the death and resurrection of our Savior Jesus that speaks into every circumstance that we go through. Sometimes it looks clear and sometimes it doesn't. See in the cross that we celebrate. It is the very hope, it's the foundation that allows us to trust him today. Because God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. And that's what we celebrate during this time. And so I encourage you to take some time just there in your seats. Focus in on what the cross means, what the death and resurrection of your Savior means. And if you're not sure quite what to do during this time, there'll be some instructions on the screen. But when you're ready, we have stations in the front and in the back. There's a gluten-free option on the back, my left. Um, I encourage you to get up and take. As you admit, each one of us admits by taking it that we are screwed up sinners in need of a Savior.
Heavenly Father, such a community of believers, this amazing thing for you to leave with us, this ecclesia, this gathering, this congregation, how beautiful a word, this is going to be a tough week, how beautiful a word that it goes beyond a building, how beautiful a word that it encompasses different races, groups, economic backgrounds, how beautiful a word that it describes your kids, your family. Lord, we love you. Thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen. I got a whole load of tissues up here. We're going to be fine. Everybody's fine. I'm not emotionally compromised in any way today. We're good. My freaking running partner and ministry partner for forever. I don't even know where he is. Stupid Kevin. <laughs> This is last week today, if you guys didn't know that, so that's why I'm crying. Uh, if you're new here, it's uh, normal for me to just cry all the time, but that may happen today, so let's just try to get through it together. My wife just asked me before I walked up there, how are you doing? I said, I don't know yet. <laughs> We're in a series called Holiday Preppers. I'm going to try not to uh, pretend like nothing's going on, because authentically, I think you need to know that sometimes life just happens, you know, and this is, this is one of those challenging times in ministry where... Uh, amazing things. The way Kevin worded it was, it's like going to your own funeral uh, because he just gets to hear uh, all the ways that he has just done amazing things at this church that you have seen God use him and do great things through him and Lauren and his kids. And uh, as we're kind of prepping for the holidays, all right, uh, this holiday season is going to be a little different for our family, a little different for our church. It's going to be a little different in a lot of ways. Um, but one of the things that I know that as I move into the holidays, as we move into the holidays individually, I constantly am aware of how much I need to remember to take care of myself. Um, and so last week, as we talked about the concept of dealing with difficult people is normally something that happens inside the holidays. A lot of things happen inside the holidays that distract us from recognizing the importance of self-care. And so today, as we're prepping for the holidays, uh, we're just going to finish this just two-week uh, kind of mini-series by just talking about what it would look like if we took care of ourselves a little better. I was at a conference uh, just a few weeks back, and one of, the, one of the speakers mentioned this idea that I just I can't get out of my head. He said, the most beneficial thing, the, most, the best thing you can do, the most beneficial thing you can do for your church is give them a healthy you. And, and when he said that, I, I was like, oh my goodness, isn't that so True. Now, this isn't a self-help sermon, and this isn't a humanism sermon. This isn't just like, we, have, we hold all the answers, and just get better, and do better, and work harder. That's not what I'm preaching about today. What I'm talking about today is actually recognizing the value of what you've been given, the identity that you have, and to actually garden and tend that, to take care of that, to nurture that, to not squander it, to not abuse it, not to pretend like it's something that will not last or that could end at any moment, but to see yourself as something that Jesus, care of that, reveals the value that Jesus instilled in you and me. Now, this is an easy thing for me to say and a really hard thing for me to do when I'm drinking Mountain Dew, all right? Just truthfully, right? Because I, I eat McDonald's and I go, I'm going to preach a sermon on self-care this week. 
right? So as we're diving into this, I think it's important to be honest, but gentle, all right? Uh, I, I don't know if you're like me, but I am the hardest critic on myself. If you come at me, I'm probably like, yeah, I said it in the mirror 10 times already today. Like, I, I naturally have that tendency to just not feel like I am the smartest person in the room, like I got it all together, like I feel like most of the time there's a ton of work to do. And the truth is, you know why that I think that? It's because it's true. <laughs> it, it's true. And for most of us, that's where we find ourselves. So as you're going into the holidays, as we're working on talking and taking steps, talking through some difficult things, I, I want you to give yourself some grace, but I want you also to... Pull in a little bit. I don't want you to say it's the holiday season. I, I, I'm just going to do whatever I want for the next 30 days and then deal with it at the first of the year. A lot of terrible things can happen in 30 days with negligence. And, what, and if it's worth doing in 30 days, why isn't it worth doing and thinking about and talking about now? As I say that, I preach that to pointing out how important this category is. And this is not just something I'm pulling off the Amazon or a you know, bestseller list of books. All right, This is just something that's actually biblical in the idea of self-care, the idea of understanding where you're at. Uh, and the easiest way to do this is to talk about Jesus, because right? Jesus did this a ton. Uh, how many ever heard uh, the story of Jesus, the account of Jesus feeding the 5,000? You ever heard? Well, there's several accounts of that. Uh, multiple people think it maybe happened more than once. Um, and in fact, they only recorded probably men when they recorded that number, so it's probably a larger. So it, it, in the recording of that, there's, there's always a really cool telling of that, right? Jesus feeds all these people, and he is the bread of life, and he is capable of meeting and surpassing all our needs. So, I mean, the fullness of John 10.10 10 is seen in the physical display of what Jesus can do in the crowd. You're like, holy cow, he can meet my needs. This is amazing. But then right after that story, like right after that account finishes, there's this neat little couple phrases that I, I never noticed before. It was pointed out to me, and I, I went, what? No way. No way. So here it is in Matthew chapter 14, verse 21. We're picking up the very end of that account. And then look at the next two verses. Uh, the number of those who ate were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. And when he got around to it, when it was easy, no, no, no. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd and did what? Started his brand, printed some t-shirts, started getting the word out. Things were rocking and rolling. No, 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 wait. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Now, if you've followed along to this point in the gospel, the, the disciples keep hearing Jesus say things like this. We're going to change the world. A new kingdom is here. I have come to save everyone. This is going to be great things. And yet they're still out in the desert with like a, you know, dozen people. Maybe a little bit more. And they're going, sounds great, Jesus. When are we going to do it? Like, when's it going to start? Like, I'm ready. Let's go. And then this happens. And they, I mean, this is, if there is a launching point, right, this is it. You know they're thinking, booyah, we did it. Here we go. We're rocking and rolling. We're going to start a food train, all right? We're just going to just whoop, whoop, all the way into Jerusalem. And immediately, he's like, no, no, no. You guys go ahead of the crowd. And you cross the lake, that means the crowd can't what? Follow you. They're all on the shore going, wait, what are you doing? 
Maybe a couple of them had boats, but certainly not the whole people. And then what does Jesus do? Jesus goes, you go on ahead. I'm going to go up here by myself. This isn't a lone account. This is something that Jesus does constantly. Constantly. He's known for finding solitary places to pray, to remind himself of something, to hear somebody speak to him in a deep way, to take care of himself. Before Jesus is crucified, we find him in the garden. He's praying by himself, and he asks his disciples to stand a few feet away, and he he goes, hey, stay here and pray. I'm going to go off and talk by myself. I, I, I would like to think that I would be that composed to think, you know what I need to do right now is to get myself alone and to get myself strongly connected to my Heavenly Father, but I think at that point I'd be like surrounding myself with as many people going, well, it's going to be okay, right? Everything's going to be okay. I, I would be reaching out, looking for distractions, figuring out any way to distract myself from like, no, 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 this is, this is someone that recognized taking care of his own soul in that moment and hearing the words that really mattered was going to be the thing that he really needed. Now, if that isn't in some way, I hope, eye-opening to you to the importance that someone could be in a position to intimately know God on a level we will never and yet need that space need that intentional investment, need that intentional time and choice constantly in their life. I don't know other, any other way to interpret that as an example for us to, to choose to follow, to choose to try to imitate, to choose to say, I may not understand it, I may not completely know what this means, but I'm going to choose to try to figure this out. And I don't know where you're on your journey this morning. You may have read every self-help book you could find, you may be a constant prayer, someone that wakes up at a certain time and prays every day. You may be someone that reads and gets along with God every day. I want to encourage you. This is an area of our life that we can get comfortable in our routines that are just comfortable. <laughs> and I, this is an area that I think true self-care needs constant evaluation. True self-care needs constant evaluation. So as we kind of dive into this this morning, I hope you won't just count yourself out if you're doing well, or you'll count yourself as going, I'm too far broke, dude, ain't never making it, but you'll try. I think it's really, really important. Three things I want you to think about when you think about self-care this morning as we're kind of diving into this. I'm going to give you three points, but I want you to think of these three bullets first. I want you to think of self-care in three aspects. This is not all of them, but this is a pretty good... Pretty good list. It's physical, uh, emotional, and, and spiritual. Okay? Uh, it's physical, uh, emotional, and spiritual. And I'll just tell you this right now. When I thought about those, I, um, most of the time, uh, I'm really good in one, and I just forget the other two. All right? So you may find yourself that, too. You're like, I'm nailing that. And then the other two, you're like, eh, whatever. Who does that well anyways? Let's start with physical. It's a, it's a fun one, right? It's pretty self-explanatory. What'd you eat this week? Does it fit under self-care? 
Cool. All right, good. We're moving on now. How about, how about how many times did you physically keep your body in good shape this week? Maybe do a push-up. All right? Are you doing any uh, physical care? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, uh, how many, some of you are like, I don't know, I'm failing this so far. Uh, let me give you a low-hanging fruit. Are you ready? Softball pitch. You ready? Who brushed their teeth? All right? I got a category. <laughs> yeah. All right, you brushed your hair. You might have even taken a shower, some of you. You know, some of you haven't. I smelled you. All right? Just kidding. No, but seriously, some of y'all need to take a shower. I'm just kidding. But seriously, like, we, we like to think of our negative sides first, don't we? Like, I put physical up there. How many thought of immediately how many times you had fast food this last week? You're like, oh, I failed. Uh. <laughs> right? How many, how many of you want to think about the uh, extra 10 pounds you've been carrying around this whole year and you thought this was going to be the year? And now you're going to the holidays. You're like, yeah, it ain't happening. <laughs> I just had Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let's just think about it. Self-care, physical. That's the easy one. Uh, second one is this, uh, emotional. I've learned so much about emotional health in the last two months, it's been crazy. Because I, I would have been a person, if you'd have nailed me down three months ago, and you'd have said, hey, Trevor, do you feel like you're emotionally intelligent? I would have been like, yes, Absolutely. Uh, and then I, the, I started going to counseling a little bit, and I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe I'm not. <laughs> I'm not at all. Because you know what happens in counseling? They expose the limitations to your ability to expose your own emotions and define them. Let me say it again. They expose you to your limitations to be able to uh, recognize and then define your And there's like 100,000 of them, all right? And they'll be like, how are you feeling? And guys, we have two words. You know the two words we use, gentlemen, most of the time? I'm good or I'm fine. Right? I'm good or I'm fine. We're never bad, but fine's pretty close. Right? Fine's pretty close. Uh, and then if we're good, it may be like over the moon good or like today uh, we got some good work done. Right? There's no... So they would take you and they would actually go, how well are you doing at kind of understanding how you're feeling and what's actually going through your mind? And I'll just tell you, it doesn't stop at men. It can start and stop with women as well, where you lose the ability to really define what you're feeling. Self-care is like reading the warning lights. And if you don't recognize or able to see the warning lights of your soul, heart, emotions, you sometimes will miss out on what's really being communicated. Let me give you an example. What is the opposite of love? Does anybody know what the opposite of love is? I've taught you this before. You, you should remember this. What's the opposite of love? What's naturally everybody wants to love? Uh, hate means that you wish you could love them, but it's not there. You know what the opposite of love is? It's indifference. I don't care what happens to you. Difference. You start to define some emotional terms. I'm not, I'm not angry. I am disappointed. When your mom said that, next level of anger, right? Like defined it for you. No, no, no. I'm not just angry. I'm severely disappointed in you. In fact, flat out, I'm embarrassed by you. For a lot of us, I just want you to, I want you to ask this to yourself. How are you doing at understanding and defining your emotions? 
Emotions are great motivators. They are terrible leaders. Okay, last one. Now that we all feel terrible about ourselves. See, I told you, you normally have one that you feel good about, and the other two, you're like, this is terrible, all right? Third one is spiritual. One of the first things that, uh, uh, is the most defining thing, I love this, I taught this in high school this last week, A.W. Tozer says, the most important thing about you is what comes to mind when you think of God. The most important thing about you is what comes to mind when you think of God. Spiritually, where are you at on your journey? Where are you at? Are you checking a box? Are you close to walking away? Uh, do you have doubts that you never actually tried to come around because you're afraid the answers won't be fully satisfying? Have you taken a look and asked them hard questions about whether you really believe what everybody around you seems to just wholeheartedly believe? Have you taken some time to ask yourself, how is my relationship with God? How are things going in my heart? What role does he have to play? What, what do I do with what I've learned? What does that mean for my life? So these are the categories, all right? Let's just quick walk through, all right? So physical, uh, you, you may have already a goal for the start of the year, all right? Some things that are going to change, all right? Uh, some of y'all are, you, you see that and you're like, I got that. Emotional, uh, some of you are like, I don't know, we talked about some wide range of emotions, I'm not really sure exactly what that means, but we're going to get there, we're going to get there. Uh, how well are you doing at understanding, communicating, recognizing? And then spiritually, well, how are you doing in your walk with God? How are you doing? Really? Not, not the answer you'd give me if I asked you in the back, but like truly, if you could be as honest as you could, how are you really doing? How are you really doing? So we're doing holiday prep work, and I want to help you to kind of take some steps, steps, steps in uh, self-care. I want to give you three quick things. This is not everything. This is just what I'm learning. This has been a growth process. This is a growth area for me. I am horrible at self-care. Horrible at it, naturally. I have to work hard at this. So these are three quick things that I've learned. Not everything, but just some. That we need to do. Holiday prep work. First one is this, maintenance is better than a meltdown. Maintenance is better than a meltdown. How many people love repairing their car? They just love repairing your car. Man, isn't that fun to change the oil, change the brakes? Isn't that fun to pay money to rotate the tires? Doesn't that just seem like something that's made up? You gotta what? Rotate the tires, sir. I feel like you're trying to take my money. I don't know what that is. No, no, no. It helps balance things and keep things straight. Uh-huh. That's gibberish for you need my money. I got it. Right? I know it's not. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I know it's important. I'm going to get a bunch of people afterwards. They're like, no, no, no. People need to really do that. I, I, I know. I know. Just saying. It's not very... It's like, oh, yes. Put new brakes on. I would love that. Oh, yes. I'd love to pay a couple hundred dollars a wheel. That sounds awesome. New tires? I look at those all the time. Yes. But yet... When you go outside and you get in your car and it doesn't start or you're going down the highway and it starts to smoke or for some of you, you're just standing there and it's on and it catches on fire, all right? 
Nobody's complaining anymore about the maintenance. They're wishing what? They'd have caught it before. They wish they would have known to replace the part, to ask the question, to just let somebody else that knew what they were talking about look at it. Let somebody else have a chance. All of us are on the precipice from time to time of a meltdown. Physically, you feel it coming. I feel the weight of 34, right? Literally, feel the weight of 34. Some of us feel the weight because the doctors told us you need to make some changes. You need to change this. You need to change that. You feel that weight. The meltdowns come. Some of us emotionally, conversations don't go well behind the scenes. Friend, there's just something that, that seems to be lost in translations. That, lost in translations. There you go. Lost in translation. You, you can't completely communicate what's called neglected, feel forgotten, feel unappreciated. But yet you can't. You can't figure out why day to day you just feel a little blue or you just feel angry or you just have no emotions whatsoever about how things are going. And you wonder if there should be some things different. And I'll tell you, no one gets divorced in a second. It is constant communication, constant work individually to learn how to communicate, to understand what's going on in your own heart. Selfishness is the thing that is murdered, most likely, in my relationship if my marriage is to survive. But on the emotion side of things, it covers up, deceives even my own intuition from time to time of what's really going on. Emotionally, we are all on a time to time, a precipice of a meltdown. Are you ignoring the warning signs? Is there a maintenance that needs to happen? Spiritually, whew. Listen, we all have doubts. Doubts are not something to be afraid of. I am not preaching against doubt right now. Doubt is actually, I think, a healthy thing when you step into it. But when doubts are used as an excuse of fear or doubts are used as an excuse to interpret or look into or investigate, Doubts can be dangerous. I, I believe God fully gives satisfying answers when we are open and honest and authentic about what we're really struggling with. But the moment we don't define it, the moment we're on, oh, we're, we just won't even admit that we're struggling. Oh, I just walk in here, everything's good. I have a great relationship with God. All the time, I, it, you just spew self-deception about what really is going on in your relationship and you're close to a meltdown you're close to a meltdown maintenance is better listen take a step that's called maintenance that is maintenance physically take a step uh, uh, emotionally take a step try to figure out process 
Slow down. Ask someone else. Oh, ask someone else to help you. Figure this out spiritually. Admit where you're at. Admit where you're at, even just to yourself. And then ask God to meet you there because that's where he is anyways. That's where he's at anyways. Maintenance is better than a meltdown. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I love this. But we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and display false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. I love this line. And I'll tell you this, I need this more in my own heart day to day than I think. We capture their rebellious thoughts, my own sinful desires, my own brokenness, my own rebel inside of me. I capture those rebellious thoughts and teach them to trust Jesus, to believe in Jesus. That is self-care realignment. Bringing it back to the truth. Reminding yourself of who you are. Letting all those other things, not fighting with these worldly things, but with the things that we've been given. You've been given authority and choice in your life. And no one else controls that. You do. You control your heart, your attitude. Your choices are yours, regardless of what everybody else does. So you take a step and you capture those. And you hold them to the fire, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And you bring them back underneath the Lordship of Christ. I got to get through these. Second one outside help is a requirement. All right? Outside help is a requirement. This is one of my favorite things to say. You ready? Even a surgeon can't operate on himself. Amen, right? So why? Why do we think that when we need to work and improve ourselves, that we just naturally go, I got this. And then everybody's watching us bleed. They're like, what are you doing? You're like, ah. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, that'd be nice. Or I hope. Or one day. It's a requirement. And look, some of you, you have incredible friends, incredible relationships, connect groups that will come around you and surround you if you are authentic and able to talk through it. You're able to say, look, I just have a natural negative attitude about the way I live. It came, I think, from some heritage. I also think it comes from the work environment I have. I really want to work through that. Would you help me? Would you hold me accountable to how negative I can be? Would you, would you like help me see my own negativity and then not leave me there? But encourage me. Bring it out of me. Some of you have a friend that all you would have to say, look, all you'd have to say is, look, I have a problem with lying. 
I, I, I pretend like this is the truth, but here's really, really where it is, and I say it all the time, and it, I, mean, I, I, I think I need to do it for your approval, but I know I don't. I just need you to tell me. Hold me accountable. When, when you feel like that's happening, ask me. Don't let me stay there. Help me grow. Some of you, you have somebody that they'll just sit with you. I forgot to quote the article and I forget it right now, but I'm going to say this anyways because it was so true. The, the number one thing that psychologists and counselors are finding that defeats depression, you know what it is? It's not sound advice. All right? It, it, it's not something of like, ooh, this magic pill. You know what it is? It's the presence of another human being consistently in their life. It's just the presence of another person consistently. It's just sitting with them, being with them, sacrificing to be there. That they start to believe that it may just start a flicker in them. That something inside of them might be worth something. That there's hope. Look, this is something that I think all of us know, but very few of us sometimes have the guts to act on. I just beg you, I beg you to see your need as a requirement to have other people in your life. Some of you, look, you may need to even pay somebody at the beginning who's a professional to sit down with you because your maintenance level has been so low that you need somebody to help you handle it. You got plaque and bacteria and all kinds of junk built up in you and you need a professional a counselor, someone to sit down with you and to go, we're going to work this out. I've been trained to handle this. Nobody walks up to their best friend, their best friend that has their back and goes, dude, I need heart surgery. No matter how much they care about them, no matter how much they love them, they are not trained or capable to handle some things. And some of you have some things. I, I, I hope, kill the stigma around it. If you had a heart condition, no one would go, I got this, and pretend like they don't need a doctor. If you are struggling with your emotions, if you feel your life is spinning out of control, if your marriage is struggling because of your lack of ability to sift through that, go and see someone. Get a counselor. I have a few recommendations. I'd love an email. You can send me a Facebook. I will, I will try to point you in the right direction. I may not be the person. I, I'm an ambulance crew, man. I'm just going to get you there as fast as I can. Point you in the right direction. Look, it's a requirement to need other people. A requirement as you're working on your self-care. No matter if it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. And the last one is this. It's a process, not a finish line. Uh, it's a process... Not a finish line. Uh, someone that I love very dearly used to say that all the time, right? It's a process, not a destination. It's a journey, not a destination. When we're like seven, what do we learn how to do? Remember this? Brush our teeth, get ourselves dressed, right? Wipe our own bums. We get all that conquered. And it'd be easy to just settle into that for the rest of your life. You're like, no, 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 I'm taking care of myself. See? No, 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 look, my butt don't stink, all right? A little too vulgar, I'm sorry. Back it off. You might remember that, though. Now, here's the truth. 
We have the same plateaus in our adult life. Uh, the same plateaus. We have same places that we just rest in. That, that we go, this is comfortable, this is good, this is enough. Uh, I'm adulting now. Uh, I think I'm, I've reached it. If I can just maintain this, this would be great. And, and I just want to destroy that so quickly in your mind. Because something that remains the same, no matter how big it is, is called dead. If it stays that way for too long, people don't look at the biggest oak tree and go, look at it flourish when it has no leaves. For you, I challenge you. This is something that we have to take steps in constantly. Constantly asking. Because you know why? Because you're still a mess. And I'm still a mess. I'm there. He loves you too much to leave you there. He's never going to stop. He'll come after you with everything he has because he's calling you to full life. Not a piece of it. Not a partial of it. To all of it. And you and I know this plainly. We've got a lot of work to do. And I'm probably not going to see the finished product on this planet. But there is a finish line. But I'm in process. I'm in process. I'm in process. And so are you. Take a step in the process. No matter where you're at, take a step. Set a goal. Set a small thing that you're doing in one of those three categories. Maybe just pick one. I am literally going to do 10 push-ups. When I wake up, I'm literally going to sit down and when I have an emotion that I'm feeling that I can now, I am going to write down as deeply as I can what emotion I'm feeling and then I'm going to circle the one that that's it. That's it. That's the one right there. I feel neglected. I feel stupid. And you're going to work hard to define your emotions so that you can become connected with others. And for some of us spiritually, look, don't settle. Take a step. Connect with other people that will challenge you, that will call you to something greater. Be a part of a community group. Be a part of a Bible study that you yourself, just pick somebody and go, let's meet for coffee. Start, start by just having, like Ravi Zacharias says, the first voice you hear every day be God's. Not Facebook, not Instagram, not the radio, but just, just sit quietly in your bed. If you fall back asleep, that's okay, but just ask God, hey, hey, would you just talk? Would you just whisper over my day before the day begins? Would you just tell me again who I am so that I can radiate that back because I know who I am starts with who you are. What if we just took steps together? What if? What if we all got a little bit healthier? What, what if we started asking and taking advantage of this idea of self-care to a point that we stopped having to help each other as much, but we provided places for others to be taken? What if we got healthy enough that our church grew because of it? And not because we got to go, yeah, we're growing, but because we created a safe place with spare rooms 
things that would cause so much pain and heartache and brokenness that we are taking steps that allowed others to feel like they have a place in our lives. How would the world be different? How would this church be different if you took a step to be healthier? And what if we all did it together? Only through the cross is this possible. Only through Jesus is this possible. This is not human effort. This is a response to what we've been given. Listen to Paul's is four through seven. This is Paul talking to Timothy as he's taking those steps, as he's reaching out, as he's pursuing, as he's going after the mission of God. This is what he says to Timothy. I want you to hear it in your own context for you. But you keep your head in all situations so complicated as this world, even before the internet. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Tell the good news. That's all that means. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. You are called to ministry. You are called right where you're at. You have a place right now. You are intentionally put. For I have already poured out like a drunk offering. Remember the cups. Remember the cups. The time for my departure is near. He feels it. He feels it. He's been pushing. He's been in process this whole time. He's been making those steps, taking those things. God's been ripping it out of him to reveal the fullness that is there. And I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. The goal for you is no different than the words that Timothy received from Paul. That is this. Take your steps in all situations. Be wise. Keep your faith. Tell the good news. Be a healthy representation of who God says you is through his power. And let's keep the faith. Change the world. Bring his kingdom. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your continued work in my heart. Lord, as I preach these words, I preach them to myself, the steps that I need to take, that I am taking, trying to work through and to get to a place where this is something that I value in my life, that the discipline that God could bring and that the hope that you have for me is something that is only found as I walk in it, as I pursue it myself, as I take steps to act, to act on what you're calling out of my life. Bless these people that they would take those steps, that they would see an area and they would move. They would operate in a way that would be self-caring, valuing what you value, God, valuing what you've placed in them, valuing their mission, taking care of themselves so that they can pursue that, move, do what you've called them to do. Lord, we love you. It's your name that we pray. Amen. As we go into our time of response, I'll just ask you to sit right where you're at. Maybe you pick one of those three categories, physical, emotional, spiritual, and you just plan a step. This is going to be my step. I'm going to take a step. And you ask God to just reveal it. Reveal this. Where do I need to see the warning light? Where do I need to take a pause and let you speak. Where do I need to take a step outside of my comfort zone? Where do I need to move? And if you need prayer and encouragement, if you need someone to just encourage right where you're at because you, you don't have to do anything to receive the love of God. This is a response to the love of God.
So if you need to receive that again freshly, we would love to pray that over you. Maybe you've never received that, the salvation that comes through Jesus. We'd love to pray that with you and invite him into your life. Remind you of the fullness that that gives us the opportunity of grace and love to do that. Let's respond. You can sing if you would like. You can sit if you would like. But let's respond. Let's let God move together.
do is uh, I actually have uh, some guys bringing out some tables. Uh, we have a couple of victory shirts from a couple of Easter's ago where we celebrated the victory of Christ and uh, have some markers. And in a minute, I'll, I'll invite you if you'd like to, that you feel like Kevin and Lauren have played a part, uh, and that God's used them uh, in any way. I want you to just come up and sign that shirt. I also have some cards, little just note card. They're just little post-it note cards that if you want to write them an encouraging note, I uh, have markers even, you want to draw them a picture, uh, you can write something out. <laughs> um, and uh, we have two glass jars, you can just throw it in that glass jar, we'll let them take those as encouragement, they get to read or cry on the way home, <laughs> all the way to Michigan. Um, guys, there's, there's not much I can say without just completely losing my mind, so I'm going to try really hard not to. Um, what we just sang, why that's emotional, I think for both of us is... Our first series together, when we took over eight years ago, was uh, God is Faithful. And uh, when we did that series, we didn't know if, if God would show up, but we were praying and trusting what we read and what we'd seen and what we'd heard. And God is faithful. And he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it in Michigan. And he's going to do it here. We are trusting in him, not in our abilities. We're trusting that he has a plan. And, uh, oh, gosh. Kevin, get up here. Before I keep talking, I've already talked for too long. I want to give you a chance. Are you up for this? <laughs> I have some of these. You want to share DNA, too? <laughs> oh. I don't know what I'm actually going to get through or be able to say. Um, thank you. Thanks for giving me and my family space to grow and to journey with each one of you. I'm so humbled to be a part of your stories. Uh, and this is, this is rough. <laughs> and this guy right here. <laughs> gone through practically an eight-year marriage. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it's still that <clears throat> we went to a conference one time, and if you guys know, I was Henry Cloud. <laughs> Henry Cloud, uh, Henry Cloud and John Townsend, they wrote that book, Boundaries. Um, Trevor went to one of the breakout sessions with Henry, and <laughs> he went up afterwards and just asked him, hey, we, we're kind of in this co-pastor thing. Do you have any recommendations? And he says, well, there's this place in Hollister, Missouri. It's called uh, the National Institute of Marriage. And... Um, <laughs> You guys need to go. <laughs> and he wasn't kidding. He wasn't kidding. We were like, oh. <laughs> and I can attest that that's what it's, that's the relationship that it's been. Uh, the highest highs and the lows that come along with that. <laughs> when you get two people who are completely opposite, oh um, but unified in so many ways. Absolutely. And, um, obviously, our heart is, is here in so many ways. And it's very bittersweet that we move on and follow where we believe God is calling us. Um, 
but my prayer for you as a church is that you would simply be the church and that each one of you are blessed way above probably what any of us realize you are blessed and my prayer is would you choose to be a blessing with that and it doesn't always look like big things um, sometimes it's changing diapers in the nursery <laughs> it's being a greeter at the front door it's just being a neighbor it's just giving someone a smile and their hug my prayer is that you would be the church and i am so excited to hear the stories they're going to continue to come out of this place as each one of you take that on and live on that. We love you so much. Thank you. We want to end this well, so what we're going to have to do is, uh, Lauren, if you come up here. Uh, Ken and Carol, you're here too, and I'd love for you to come up here and just be with them real quick. This would be awesome. Uh, if you guys would, just come right here. Uh, down, I think, yeah, right here. And if you're comfortable, church, look at me. If you're comfortable. Do you come up here and, and come around them and let's lay our hands on them, send them off well. I know it's, it's causing you to move. We can do this. Let's be a church. If you're not comfortable, it's okay. Sit right where you're at. It's just, if you felt like Kevin's been apart, let's just, let's circle it up. And we'll just, oh, we'll break the stage first. Oh, I think we just did. <laughs> oh. Thank you so much for the blessing that Lauren and Kevin have been, the ministry that they have provided, the influencers that they are. Lord, your spirit has filled them. They have done great works. What a joy it is to see when someone comes and through your spirit and their heart and their humility, they leave a place better than it was. They pour into the lives around them. They encourage the hearts around them. Even in the face of adversity or hardship, they keep their attitude purely in your love and their eyes fixed upon you. Lord, as they leave, may they take a piece of our heart with them in the best of ways. May Kingsway, the culture that we have built here, the new kingdom that is full life that is found in your son, may it be a blessing that is offered to Michigan <laughs> in a way against our will. <laughs> but Lord, in yours, for sure. God, go with them, give them strength, encourage them. May these people continue to pour into their lives, speak wisdom into them, tell them who they are. Lord, we love them so much. Protect them, embolden them, provide what they need, go before them. It's your name we pray, amen.